Welcome to the Converge One Tech Exchange, a podcast series that connects the technology community with top of mind insights that you can put into action. Converge One believes that leveraging technology to connect people with purpose is vital to achieve business outcomes. Please join our discussion and together, let's shape the future of the technology landscape in cloud, digital infrastructure, security, collaboration, customer experience, and beyond. Let's get our geek on. Oh yeah, Calf. Let me tell you, should you choose to take on this challenge, this mission, it could be good stuff for you. Welcome to the Converge One Tech yeah. Exchange. Um, this is a little, little spy action. I feel, uh, I feel a little uh, covert like in this calf. Yeah, there's cool stuff going on out there we have to tell everyone about. Right? I am your co-host, Brett Lathrop. And I am Kathy Sobis. And welcome to the Converge One Tech Exchange. Um, thanks for all our, all our crew who help us with the logistics, with the show, the creation, and of course our content, which is inspired by our colleagues and industry mavericks who dare to question convention and fear no labor. You can find us on our website, ConvergeOne.com, LinkedIn, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I mean, Catholic, we're pretty much everywhere. Kind of a big deal. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Brett Lathrop and you are at Kathy Sobus. At Kathy Sobus. Um, okay, good good show for you. Um, let me let me take our our secret spy music down so we can get into this. Um, so first of all, today's topic is about stir shaken. Shaken not stirred is for five o'clock, which we can do later, Gaff. Oh, okay. I'm just saying. Um, now I know this is going to sound odd, but do you know if James Bond ever ate spam? Now, why in the world would I ever think that James Bond would eat spam? Usually he's a caviar guy. I get that. Um, 7 million cans are produced each year of spam. Three cans of spam eaten each second. Out of Each good old Austin. That's crazy. Yep. Out of good old Austin, Minnesota. Just a little foodie tech stuff for you people listening. Um, now, yes, it's possible I've had a mild stroke, but I don't think so, Kathy. There is a reason why I have just brought <laughs> up James Bond, stir shaken, and spam. But before we explain well, sure. that, let, let's get into shouts. Yeah, I'm sure our listeners are, are wanting to hear how you're draw, drawing a correlation between the two, but uh, we stand on the shoulders of giants. And today we want to talk about Mutari and their product lines. Man, they were an early maverick in trying to capture the challenge, and they were all about spam and reducing spam. Very good. Yes. Like what they've been doing in that space. Well, to unravel the mystery that is my goofy opening, uh, let's introduce our special guest. We have with us the one and only David Lover, Vice President of Strategy and Technology at Converge One. 
David is a leader uh, for us in focusing on products and solutions to address customer needs of the unified communications collaboration, customer experience, CEBP, even end user adoption stuff. Uh, David works closely with our product marketing and development teams on our uh, with our top partners as well to understand kind of their strategy uh, while representing how Converge One and our customers can collaborate uh, as teams to provide guidance and feedback to shape the future and direction of our portfolio. Um, he uses those relationships and a set of product knowledge to work with our Converge One teams to be in alignment with uh, the total portfolio strategy. Um, he's a leader within this, the office of the CTO, works with all the smart cats, uh, Kathy, um, and uh, has been really shaping that kind of thought leadership for us in the collaboration space for a long time. Um, he has uh, been an industry in the leader, speaking at conferences and all kinds of stuff for years. My friend, welcome, David Lover. Welcome. Oh my gosh, that was that was awesome. Thank I know. You. I, I, I absolutely loved your your intro and the connection between again spam and James Bond and just so you know I live uh, an hour away hour and a half away from <laughs> the spam capital of the world in Austin Minnesota so I could go it's down so, there whenever I wanted to I'm jealous I'm jealous I'm jealous David I'm Dave I'm jealous because That's, nothing I love yeah. more on a Sunday morning is a little fried spam with a egg over easy over toast kind of one of the greatest breakfasts known to man but I digress I, let's tee this up I agree I know it sounds like we've gone a little crazy mixing the coolness of JB's favorite beverage and the glory that is Austin Minnesota spam first hint is that stir shaken which you uh you know, lovely techies have already figured out. And of course, spam is part of that. Um, did you know, Kath, the first political robocalls were launched in January of 1983 when a business owner, Tony Incentes, or Incentes, I think it is, used his telemarketing machine from his collection agency business to announce his candidacy for the 57th Assembly District in California. His a telemarketing machine from 1983. It sounds Could almost have, prehistoric, doesn't it? Some some of these some people may spit when we say that. Puh, puh, uh, how could you create such a thing? But regardless <laughs> of its noble intentions or its purposes used uh, in a derogatory way, it's something we've dealt with, and that's what our topic is today, which I'm excited about, David. Yeah, uh, especially so to hear about it, learn about it, and all that. Yeah, me too. So kind of, Brett, let's get into this, right? Enough with the spam and, and James Bond, and I think I'd rather be in London. But anyway, uh, so David, <laughs> let me ask you why you think this topic is important to us. Well, I think it's because it, it's important to all of us personally, right? I, I mean, we as consumers are running into this issue of of getting all of these spam calls, right? You know, and 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 you know, spam is is like junk mail. It's stuff I didn't ask for, but it's coming to me. And a lot of times, they're tricking me into thinking that um, maybe that call is more important than than what it actually is. Um, and so, you know, when we when we typically think of spam, we think of somebody that is spoofing their their address. They they're pretending to be somebody else mm. uh, in hopes that you're like, oh my gosh, that's from my hometown. That maybe that's 
maybe that's my dentist or maybe that's an ex-girlfriend. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to answer the phone. And you're like, Oh, it's somebody selling me a, a timeshare in Barbados. Right. And so it's, <laughs> it's that concept. And, um, and, and, and really what it, for us as consumers, we find it incredibly painful, which is really why this all started. But um, I'm telling you, in, in the probably the last four years, at, at least when I go to a user group um, and I talk to administrators within a, a, you know, the, the, the telecommunications industry, the number one question that always comes up is, hey, how have you guys figured out how to deal with all the spam calls coming in? Because from a business perspective, it's it's. It's consuming resources, both in terms of, you know, carrier services and brain power. And um, sometimes that spam can actually be used uh, even more maliciously from a security standpoint of they're tricking me into thinking there's somebody they're not. Well, that means identity is is at stake here. And um, and there's there's big issues. So. This is again. We understand it personally. We understand it uh, from a from a business standpoint, and and uh, the amount of time consumption that is being taken from this is is crazy. So, um, finally, um, action is coming into play, and this is where stir shaking comes in. Yeah, um, that really helps, David, because I've been trying to get my head around this as well. So, so specifically, it's being referred to as stir shaking. So, what is stir shaking for those that really maybe don't know that are listening? which well, I was one not too long ago. Because, well, yeah. and, and you open this up with the James Bond reference, which is not stir shaken, right? It's, it's shaken, not stirred. And, <laughs> right. and so, and that's how everybody introduces it. And I'm like, no, this isn't a James Bond thing. This is, you know, <laughs> believe it or not, stir shaken is actually an acronym. And you just got to know that they came up with this acronym sitting at a bar, like, Oh, totally. <laughs> we got to do this. We got to, we got to find, what can we use? What can we use to make this fit? Well, what they came up with, um, was STIR is Secure Telephone Identity Revisited. You know, revisited is like, okay, that's that's a word. I, uh-huh. I don't know any other R words they were, were looking through, <laughs> but they came up with that. And then uh, shaken is signature-based handling of asserted information using tokens, K-E-N-S, uh-huh. uh, STIR wow. shaken. Um, but uh, you know what? Probably one of the, the two biggest words, if I were to boil that whole thing down out of stir, I look at as identity. That's the I. And then uh, in, in the shaken is asserted information, right? It's, it's asserted, uh, meaning I can prove that it's who I say it is. I, I have, I have, I have uh, attestation, we would call it. So mm. um, that's really what stir shaking is all about. And it, it's, it's really about, can the people who are best equipped to approve an identity, can they attest that that is actually the identity? So um, when, when Kathy picks up her cell phone and makes a phone call, um, the first person who gets that is the what we call the originating carrier. That originating carrier is, do I trust that this is Kathy? Is it is the caller ID, the Annie, does it match? Um, and they are the best person to identify and to, to attest because Kathy's probably their customer. So they put us their seal of approval and then they pass it on through the PSTN network and the mobile carrier network. And everybody else has to decide, well, at some point, do I trust that originating carrier? <laughs> and, you know, and it's all levels of trust, like everything else in the world. But um, so that's really what stir shaking is, is done, but it's all ultimately about, can I prove the identity of the caller as they claim to be? So that at the end, when it actually rings Brett's phone, and Brett sees that it's Kathy calling. Um, 
that Brett has comfort in knowing and all of the carriers in between have comfort knowing that, okay, Kathy said she was Kathy and we believe her. And here's our seals of approval all the way through. Interesting. Oh, Interesting. So it. I'm I'm sure I'm sure the government plays a role in this. Perhaps they were sitting at the bar coming up with this name too. So <laughs> tell me a little bit about the role that the FCC is playing. You know, you know uh, tell me a little bit about what happened in June or the plans they had in June. Yeah. So, you know, Stir Shaken had existed before this, um, you know, so this this protocol had had been used or this algorithm had been used for a while. And there's a lot of people, um, you know, you mentioned um, Utari, right? You know, they, like you said, they were some of the big leaders in this, you know, really battling spam. And one of the databases you look at is the Stir Shaken database. Um, well, it was really the FCC that kind of came in and said, okay, guys, we've got to do something about this. and And ultimately, we are going to hold the carriers accountable for uh, for implementing this, um, and so there's a whole lot of of, of things that went into place, uh, you know, to to make that happen. But June 30th was kind of the magic day uh, that has come and gone, right? Mm -hmm. As of yeah. about two weeks ago, as of the, the world continued this, right? after the date. The world <laughs> continued, kind of like Y2K, right? right. Like, uh, and part of that is, you, you know, everybody did what they were supposed to do. Uh, but at the same time, um, June 30th was uh, one of the one of the many magic days that had been specified as carriers have to put their plan in place and, and notify the FCC of what their plans are as to how they're going to address this and what they're going to do and what that's going to end up looking like when, the, when it's done. So I don't think we're done. But I think um, in terms of some of the initial activity, you know, we're, we're seeing it. And, and mm. it goes to show that we've, you know, you've had on your cell phone, you know, um, long before June 30th, on your cell phone, you've seen spam risk show up, okay. right? right? Well, that that's right. in that's the carrier taking action saying, I don't trust that this is who it's, we, it's, it says it is. So that's that attestation we're talking about. And while not uh, mandated by the FCC, a lot of carriers were already implementing these kinds of anti-spam, anti-spoofing techniques. And uh, so it's just uh, June 30th was the magic day that said, uh, you better have your plans in place. And so a lot of this is where some carriers ended up um, filing for extensions. Some carriers are like, we're good uh, and maybe uh, not are, are doing as a, what they wanted to. And some I have fully implemented. So just kind gotcha. of depends on what's happening. Gotcha. Yeah, there was a little confusion, I think, out in the marketplace about that. Right. So they had to get their plans in by the end of June. Um, kind of like some of the other legislation, like Carrier Ray Baum's Law for 911, it, it's kind of a rolling thing. You need Absolutely. to be compliant with certain pieces of it over time, so that over time it, it gets merged in and, and you get the full complement of the of the legislation or the or the the, the regulations. Um, David, like, so I love that we're getting our geek on here, but let's let's kind of pivot a little bit. What what's the impact to the customer, right? What what's their main situation well so at, like everything right we define the customer um and there's there's two ends of this as it relates to the carrier the person placing the the call and the person receiving the call are both considered customers so but i think um maybe where your question was headed was on the idea of our enterprise customers right you know and um because some 
some, you know, like you, you talked about the robo dialing. Well, robo dialing by definition isn't really spam. Maybe I didn't want it, but sometimes robo dialing could be used for legitimate notification like, hey, downtown is on fire. You should evacuate. Right. That's that's a, a, an example of a, of a robo dial um, with non malicious intent. If <laughs> we want to label it that way. But mm -hmm. um there are some customers that we that that exist that their their purpose in life is to reach out into you know telemarketers and and their legit businesses and and the whole goal is well how can I get more people to answer the phone, well ultimately this is going to impact customers like that uh, that uh, they're I don't know if I'd call it malicious but um, they're intending to trick cust you know call, uh, people they're calling to answer the phone um, maybe more often than they would have otherwise. So um, right. I think they're going to have to address that, you know, and, and really what it comes down to is making sure that the numbers that you're saying you are and that the caller information that you, you're yep. saying you are is actually who you are. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that that originating right. carrier has a mechanism to prove it. So if you slap a phone number on, on your outbound caller ID, you know, or Annie, as we'd say in the, in the biz, um, then, then that's where they'll they'll look at that and say, oh, yep, yeah, that's one of that's one of our numbers that we sold you. We know that that's who you are, uh, and so we will stamp that with a, a nice big attestation certificate of A or a B, uh, and pass it along to the next carrier. And um, ultimately, that next carrier has to make a decision about, well, do I trust that carrier? Do I yeah. trust their A level certificate or their B level certificate or their C level certificate? Yeah. And what am I going to do? Mm -hmm. And in the and end, it makes, might cause things. It might get blocked. Yeah, it, but it makes sense because there are some legitimate companies who, you know, wanted to have local calling numbers so that customers are seeing, you know, something in from their region because exactly. the because that company is multinational or multi multi-state for example and they're regional and they their customers like to see a, a local number from their local you know mm -hmm. service provider so there's legitimate reasons it just takes a little extra effort to make sure that your your numbers are are in the the, the verified list essentially right right, yeah, right. exactly it yeah. So when we're talking about this, what can, you know, we've got a lot of folks that represent different companies that listen in here. What can they do to get help in this area, David? Yeah. I mean, so ultimately it comes down to, you know, the, the FCC legislation is absolutely directed to the carriers. So what that means is nobody has to do anything other than the carriers. The carriers are the ones that have to take action and change the way they do business. And 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 so at some level, you say a, a, a customer, an enterprise, a business doesn't have to do anything. The issue is if they are not in communication with their carrier, then it's possible that the carriers can say, hey, by the way, if your calls don't look like this, we're going to block them. We're not going to attest uh, mm. their identity and not pass it along. So so I always, you know, the number one thing uh, a, a company or business can do is, is talk to your carriers and find out what are they planning to implement and how will it affect them as a business um, and then, you know, make whatever changes. And, and then from there, you know, this is where, you know, businesses like Converge One can get in, in, into the mix and say, well, we can we can help you help you based on what your carrier is doing. Mm -hmm. um, so I think those things become very important. But it is really a you got to talk that legislation is impacting the carriers. They are legally obligated to take action. Businesses and consumers like you and me are not, you know, but right. we could be affected by it. 
but we're not legally we're not held legally responsible yeah gotcha Absolutely. so they want to be proactive so that they don't get affected by by having a block call that they're not expecting to get blocked and is legitimate yeah, yeah. Right, is key and and you think about it, you you, you mentioned legitimate calls there's some where um, think about if I receive a phone call from somebody and I want to forward it to somebody else that is not in my system, most PDXs will take the caller ID that came in. And so when I forward that, the term we would use is forwarding off net I'm yeah. forwarding a phone call to someone not belonging to my system. Well, we would kind of substitute the caller ID and zero malicious intent. I just want the person that I'm forwarding the call to to know who who is this person. It's not me. It's it's the original caller ID. Well, that carrier could look at that and say, dude, that's not your cell phone. That's not your phone number. That's that's somebody else's phone number you just slapped down there and could potentially run the, that risk. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. Um, is it is it different, David, if it's, um, you know, kind of cloud oriented, you know, unified communications as a service or contact center as a service versus, you know, the legacy premise type solutions or is, is it the same? Well, I think you, you have a partner, right? Because, um, you know, at that point the, the, the service provider is ultimately responsible for, you know, they have offered you a service, you know, to a, to a business, you know, and, and they expect to, to be held to that, that I don't want to call it a service level, but, you know, I, I bought a capability. I would like that capability to work. And so I think um, between the, the consumer of the service provider's service and that service provider itself, um, I, you know, should be working hand in hand, right? To, to say, okay, yeah. what, based on the, the business functionality, what am I trying to accomplish? Is this going to work? Is this going to be effective for you? What changes do we need to put in place? How do we get smarter about routing your phone calls? Because, you know, as a, as a service provider, you probably have access to multiple carriers. And sometimes we would use a term called least cost routing where, hey, I get a better deal if I use that carrier after five or use this carrier before, you know, for these types of phone calls. Right. Well, right. You might not have that flexibility going forward because you might have to, if, if this is a an AT&T phone call, you know, AT&T DID, it should go to AT&T, right? You know, not to Verizon or not to CenturyLink or to whoever, right? So, so those are things that you have to pay attention to, but you certainly you get an, you get another partner to help you kind of wade, uh, weed through all that. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause some of the services like that come with the, the net, the, the PSTN access as a included part of the service. It's maybe metered and charged mm -hmm. differently, but it's still a part of the same service where sometimes it's bring your own carrier. And in that situation, you need to connect to the carrier, right? So that's, that's a good uh, kind of caveat, I think, to, uh, to check in on. David, but, you know, sorry, the spy music means that the, the, the secret agents have been listening in the background, David, and they've decided you're just too techie for our good, own good. <laughs> uh, that was awesome um i mean everyone's getting kind of hit by the spam calls um so obviously what david said reach out to your carrier um focus on that make sure that you're covered um and david thanks for joining kathy and i that was a fun topic i loved it hey thanks for having me hey uh Hey, Kathy, we could keep talking, and I'd let this music go until we're rolling into the movie, but uh, that's the show. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for all those likes, and tell your friends. 
The Converge One Tech Exchange podcast comes out regularly. Questions, comments, topic ideas. Please comment or contact us and we'll engage. Well, that was fun. That was fun, Calf. Uh, it was. May the work you all do be animated with purpose. And thanks for stopping by. Thanks for joining the Converge One Tech Exchange. If you have a topic you'd like to hear about, send your request to techexchange at convergeone.com. And please follow Converge One on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook for updates about new episodes.